Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today, November 29th, 2020, Sunday. Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. Thought, just kind of, you know, ponder the situation. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving just kind of stayed at home. Didn't go travel anywhere, see family. Um, I think it seems like most people kind of abided by that protocol, but many people didn't. So there's going to be, you know, a spike in cases over these next few weeks, which people are just kind of. Mm. But, you know, it's difficult tradition and all that, you know, you go home every year for the holidays or whatever, then that's just what you do, and there's nothing that's going to stop you, even if it's airborne illness going around, because, yeah, mask or not, you're in a big, huge, crowded area indoors, even if everyone's wearing a mask, the, there's still a higher likelihood of transmission, but, you know, um, that's a weird time we're in. Like uh, you know, reality versus you know conspiracy theories and stuff, and individual liberty versus kind of health and well-being of others and stuff. And I don't know, a lot to be thankful for. Thankful I still have good health and currently a place to live and all that kind of thing for how much longer I'm not sure uh, this is a it's a tough place man this country it's a, a lot of opportunity for sure um, you know generally speaking if you work hard you know the opportunities right but some a lot of times you, you got to find the right groove and finding that one can be difficult and then some a lot of times it's once you find that groove well you just gonna uh, stay in it so sometimes it can become almost a rut but it's one that's at least you know going in some steady direction so kind of stick with it uh, I've had a few job stints like that it's pain enough to kind of, you know, cover the cost of doing the job, for the most part, you know. Um, like if you got a job where you're really burning calories and you're making enough to more than buy back all those calories that you're expending. And, um, you know, have a place to live and a, a way to get to work and back, you know. Um, when you're at least making that much, that that's always a good thing. But uh, I've had a few gigs where it, it wasn't really even, I wasn't even really making a personal profit. Uh, the amount I was making net from the company was really just covering the cost of me doing the job. Um, so that you know becomes less than appealing after a while. And that, you know, there's a lot of most sort of entry-level jobs tend to be like that, where they're, they're just kind of covering your cost to get to work and back. 
to have some sort of basic dwelling to live at near that's relatively close and you know enough food to eat um, that you, to replenish the calories that you burned while doing the job but as far as much beyond that uh, you're gonna have to work your way up the ladder you know so I don't know but um, yeah, it's a tough country because there's a lot of a lot of divisions and there's a lot of uh, over focus on you know affluent classes and stuff and kind of catering laws that really only benefit them uh, and these are the people with the most already and uh, the power that some of those wealthy affluent class have is robust uh, because they can also buy messaging. You know, they buy, they own big, massive corporations. They, they own media companies, and they can sort of, you know, send out information. These media companies in a certain way to make regular people more agreeable to certain types of laws that are being passed. You know, you know, a, a tax law that lowers the tax rate for wealthy people, people who don't pay enough taxes as it is are going to now pay less. That is zero benefit to regular people, regardless of whether you're a Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or completely indifferent to the whole process. You do not benefit as a regular person if someone with, you know, a thousand times more money than you gets more money. You don't, you don't get anything. There, there is zero benefit. Now the consequences, of course, are you know not just abstract or something they're not just theoretical because we've seen it time and time again um, when lawmakers do this uh, they'll they'll start with a cutting the taxes for the wealthiest people in America they'll start with that uh, that'll create a budget deficit and this will give them an excuse to cut federally funded programs that help keep people healthy and, and have you know food to eat and stuff like that uh, access to health care those those kind of real basic kind of things that are needed for the working class to be able to do their jobs uh, without them doing their jobs there is no economy there is no commerce nothing is being made there are no services being provided the wealthy simply own those companies that do those things they don't actually do the doing and that's done by the working class but many of those companies that the wealthy own don't give a lot of benefits and they don't really pay you know their people that well to truly thrive and so that difference has to be made up by you know the public fund you know by by um, publicly raised funds it, it, it would seem apt that the best way to kind of raise those funds to properly um, make sure that the working class has the necessary um, basic needs met it is to tax the very entities that should have been paying for it in the first place you know the corporations that that are not paying their people appropriately and not giving them appropriate benefits even though that corporation could easily do that it's choosing not to because 
the people doing all the work at said corporation are, are simply an expense and the corporation wants to keep that expense as low as possible um, strangely enough even if it means that investing in those workers will increase productivity and therefore possibly increase profit or increase efficiency they're unwilling to make that investment risk because um, they're they're more looking for the short-term gain you know that how, how much did the Dow Jones go up today you know that's more the focus it's not so much long-term so because corporations big businesses are unwilling to invest in their people in their employees we the people should sort of demand that something happens and so the best you know us as a people our best recourse is, is of course voting you know yeah and then creating laws that benefit us the people yeah unfortunately too many people vote for people who are have no desire whatsoever to create laws that benefit the people uh, and instead they vote for people who want to create laws that benefit about two percent of the population you know and and unfortunately there are still mil tens of millions of working-class regular folk who insist on voting for lawmakers who are going to cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations they're, they're going to create laws that have zero benefit to regular people again regardless of whether Republican Democrat libertarian socialist communist atheist whatever it you know anarchist or you know it doesn't matter what, what you're you know you get nothing if you're not wealthy when the wealthy get a tax cut you're not getting anything no but um, that's the thing though the wealthy own media outlets you know and so they can sort of you know Rupert Murdoch or whatever the guy that owns News Corp um, you know he's a wealthy billionaire asshole guy who's you know just kind of a mean spiteful person and uh, you know he's wealthy for a reason you know doing certain things and he wants to kind of keep it that way you know so he's got to be able to convince millions of regular working-class folk to continue to vote for an organization that's going to benefit him Rupert Murdoch and other billionaires and millionaires like him those working-class people will not get anything so it becomes over time um, a, a very well I mean because people are living in the world you know they're, they're living they're going day to day so people who have been voting Republican year after year after year after year after year after year, after year they're still living in their lives you know are, are their lives truly improving because they're voting for the people that Fox News is telling them to vote for is it truly maybe, maybe they lie to themselves and say it is you know maybe just the, the the true fear of the wealthy having to pay more taxes because although that they don't think of it that way they think they hear raise taxes and they just assume that means them the working class why, why would we need to raise the tax rate on the working class that's dumb no need for that you know but there's millions of working class people that don't want to believe that they want they want to believe that raising the tax rate on the wealthy means the working class too well, there's also 
fear that if, if the wealthy have to pay more in taxes, they, they'll leave and, and take their money with them. Hmm. And, and all their assets, too. They're not going to sell them first. They're, they're going to take their physical buildings with them when they go. Uh, no, they're going to stay there. <laughs> and, and they'll go on the market and someone else can buy them. If the value of the thing goes down because they're selling it, well, okay. But then the, the value will get to a point where someone wants it. So, okay. Um, yeah, if you own a big company, you're just the owner. So if you want to sell your ownership stake, you can. And then someone else will buy it. So, yeah. Um, it that's a very It's a very... Because that, that's one of the things some of the people who get real defiant about tax cuts or tax, you know, marginal tax rate and wealth tax and estate tax. They get real defensive about it because they're like, well, the, the wealthy are going to leave. Oh, uh-oh. You know, like, okay. <laughs> Someone else will take their place. <laughs> you know, if, if you don't want to participate in the American economy, that's your choice. If you, you want to take your money and go, okay, good riddance, man. It, you're replaceable. You, you know that, though. You see, and here's the thing. I think a lot of wealthy people, they, they know that. They know that they're just people with a lot of money. They are replaceable. There's, you know, the things they own are just things that they own. If they don't want them any, anymore, they can sell them. And if someone else is interested in buying them, they will, you know. So, yeah, if you own 10 million shares of a big, massive corporation, that's here in America, and that corporation is going to have an increase in their tax rate. You could sell off all 10 million shares. Yeah, and yeah, that's going to drive the stock price probably quite a bit down because the supply is going to be of stock is just going to be flooding the market. So there will be, you know, just like over think of like an overstocked, you know, department store or whatever the heck. So yeah, the, the value per share will drop significantly, but there'll be a point at which the the price of the share and then the value that you're getting in an ownership stake will be worth you know getting into it you know um, so yeah there'll be some volatility in the market for a bit when a major shareholder is selling off all of their shares all at once uh, but that'll eventually correct its course if the corporation itself is a legit you know profitable corporation one specific owner selling off their massive stake isn't going to make the company go bankrupt or some shit you know uh, eventually someone else will buy them you know, buy the shares so you know that that's the thing you know you, yeah I, I think people get a little and then like if they you know a bunch of wealthy people own the, all these mansions around the country if they you know you know, want to sell their mansion. Okay, well, well they got to sell it. Some, someone's got to be willing to buy it. So, yeah, if there isn't a big demand for multi-million dollar mansions, there will be a demand for, you know, several hundred thousand dollar mansion duplexes and triplexes and all that where you can, you know, turn the mansion into, uh, you know, a multi-family multi dwelling that's, you know, just a nicer big house. But it's meant for more than just one family so you know 
there is an inflated value with a certain percentage of the population. They do have exponentially more money, but they're not really worth exponentially more or something. You know, it's, you know, they, it's easier to acquire more money when you already have money. You know, a small marginal amount of interest and you can earn stupendous amounts of money doing nothing. Literally, nothing. You don't have to do anything if you inherit hundreds of millions of dollars you know, or you own tons of shares of a comp company that declares a dividend every quarter or whatever, you know. Yeah, you're, you're good. You're golden. You, you do not have to work. Nope. Many will pretend to work or they'll like just be on TV. They can sort of just make themselves famous. That's not really a job, though, you know. There's people that are on TV that do work, but, you know, a lot of the famous people that get to be on TV, they, they don't really work. They're just sort of, hey, everybody, look at me. But they don't really have anything to offer, nothing intelligent to say, nothing funny to say, or nothing, no real insight. They can't sing, can't dance, can't... It's not really anything some of these wealthy affluent people can really do except just sort of be there you know it's like why are we supposed to give a shit you know like like the Trump like just a <laughs> just burr it's just like I don't, I don't you know you take away all the all the fancy toys and stuff, and it's just like, why are we supposed to be impressed? You know, there ain't anything going on there, man. You know, it's just that's just it's just some people that inherited money because their Trump's father was just a ruthless, cruel dipshit that didn't give a heck about anything but how he earned money. So just. There's a lot of divisions exposed over these last many years, like how people process reality, what people's true like motivations in life are, what people truly think about being ethical integrity, what people truly think about honesty and things like that, you know. What do you truly stand for? You know, who are you really? And you know, I, I mean it's it's amazing that Trump did as well as he did in round two. I mean, it was a blow-up, but it should have been a more massive blow-up. Like, it should have been an emphatic, we are a democratic society, you know? Like, with, with a loud, clear voice. Meaning, there should have been a massive participation in the vote, yes. Joe Biden, win, great, cool. But then massive turnout for all the other parties as well. You know, Green Party, Libertarian ticket, all that. You know, a, a massive just voting for democracy. Voting for the right to vote. But 71 million did not do that. You know, they, they voted for the guy that explicitly said he's going to challenge the vote. And try to have votes turn, thrown away. They voted for that. They voted for the guy that has a policy of putting children in a cage for the crime of trespassing. 
many of those children's parents have been lost and you know the agency has no idea where those parents are they may have been deported to a, a country they're not even from who knows and she just has kind of lost all record of so many of these children's parents 71 million voted for that they said yes yes please you know abuse children because they were trespassing without paperwork you know they were walking across the desert without paperwork they were seeking refugee status they were attempting to emigrate here quote unquote illegally whatever the fuck that means such a stupid term i hate that stupid term i hate that it became like such a like a standard thing illegal Im they're immigrants we are humans we immigrate that's what we do like we are the descendant of people who immigrated you know like part of our country used to be part of the spanish empire part of our country used to be part of the french empire yeah and yes the british empire as well but yeah there's been other languages and other cultures we, we've always been a melting pot there was of course all the different native peoples who were here for thousands of years before all the Europeans came. Yeah, there's been a lot of immigrating coming through and this land for a long, long, long time, you know? And I, when it became vogue to call the peop some of the people that were immigrating here illegal is, I, I, it's like, when, when did that become a thing? When did we start? Because I think there's anti-immigrant sentiment has been in this country since the beginning, too, strangely enough. Because you'll have the people who were first-generation Americans, and then they'll kind of, like in the movie Gangs of New York, where they call themselves natives, because they were born in, on U.S. soil. But they're, they're just, they're the same as the people that are coming over. It's, it's like you get to see almost and understand what your ancestors' plight might have been like. But in present day, you know, see these people kind of walking in a big long line, you know, to get to the uh, Mexico Southern America, uh, Mexico USA border. Looks kind of similar to the wagon trains of the 19th century going westward, the westward expansion, you know. A lot of people that didn't get to ride a horse the whole way, they had to walk. A long, long way to all those stagecoaches and shit like that. That was a long time ago. But there's a lot of humans that still to this day immigrate in that way. Just walking a long, long way to get to something better. You know, because the thing you were at was so bad that you're, you're willing to walk hundreds if not thousands of miles. Just to get to something that's, to have a chance, you know. There's some places in this world where you, you don't even have a chance. You're not allowed to try, you know, to go for it. You're, you're not allowed to. It's like almost literally against the law. If not some written law and unwritten law. Because there's some areas that are have very, you know, fascist style police states. And there's others that have kind of the opposite where it's, you know, a state controlled by organized crime and such. So... Those can be very oppressive places that you'll do anything to get away from. 
And we sort of still pretend to be this land of opportunity and freedom and individual liberty and all that sort of thing. And, and also pretend to be the one that's trying to advocate for that around the world. Now, in the last few years, though, that has slipped away. As far as being an advocate for it. But, um, but the U.S. has kind of descended into, and although there is various factions kind of fighting against it, what we have descended into is a more sort of divisive, oppressive sort of blaming of the other and anti-immigrant kind of place. And a guy who was kind of a champion of that and uh, who had enthusiastic support from various American fascist organizations, you know, Proud Boys and the Aryan movement or whatever, Aryan nations and Nazis and stuff. That guy got 71 million people to vote for him, you know. Uh, he, was, he was basically running a campaign of kind of anti-democratic, anti-immigrant, blatant, blatantly racist at times. He's not, he's not really that subtle. It's one of the more embarrassing kind of conversations you get to have over the last few years is kind of trying to pick the brain of a Trump supporter, the ones that kind of don't believe believe that he's racist that's that's always a kind of that's an interesting little pickle to get into because you know one of the classics is the, it was like in the mid 80s Trump got some award from some civil rights organization why he got the award I have, I have no idea uh, how how what the voting process was for him to get an award but there's a picture of him kind of hold, and he's kind of on the side of the stage he's got this little certificate um, that Donald Trump was not a civil rights activist he was not a civil rights leader he didn't advocate you know equality um, he wasn't a spokesperson for you know, civil rights. That, that's not what he was, really in any way. It's not what he's known for. But there's like this picture that exists of him holding some award back in the 80s. It's not really clear how he earned it or whatever, but that's like, for many people, that's literally all they need. And then all the other sort of overt, kind of in-your-face, kind of blatantly racist things that he's done before and after can just be excused because there's a picture of him holding an award with that with no explanation as to how he got the award you know that's it's it's strange you know but you know it's it's just when it kind of in reality it does kind of root back to the tax cuts for the wealthy when you, when you give too much power to a tiny tiny group that already has unlimited power um, they can use that power in all sorts of ways, <laughs> including manipulating people into believing things that just aren't true, you know. Millions of people genuinely believe that Donald Trump was a successful businessman, you know, like before he became a game show host. It's like, no. Why is that a thing? Why did 71 million people believe that a guy who bankrupted six companies before becoming a game show host and then during his time as president abused his power he, he did he did do that the Republicans said that's just not a reason to remove him 
Why, why did 71 million vote for that? What, like, why? A guy who was famous for being a con man, that's what he was famous for, then becomes a game show host, then says a bunch of racist stuff for several years about the first African-American president. And a bunch of people get excited about it and say, yeah, that, that's the guy we want. And then during his four years as president, he spends more time golfing than anything, tweets a bunch, has a lot of very rambling press conferences and stuff and campaigns. He's, he really just spends most of his time just kind of campaigning. He doesn't really make any attempt whatsoever to appeal to anyone outside of the MAGA crowd, his base, so-called. It, it's purely them that he cares about. And all people who are not enthusiastically supporting him every waking minute, he views as an enemy of some, in some way. And it's, uh, and, he, and he's very explicit about that. And the people supporting just get more excited. They, they think that, that makes him more awesome because he's unwilling to reach out to those that are not in his crowd. It's very peculiar. It's sort of so blatantly anti-democratic. Um, and then the sort of, you know, the tear grass incident so that he could walk a few blocks and take a picture in front of the front of a church holding the Bible upside down. You know, there was there's so much stuff that has happened during his some of these little these glaring red flags just get just get kind of washed over. People just sort of get numb to it, and they just sort of accept. Well, this is what a president is now. You know, that's what they do. If they want to take a picture in front of a building, and there's people that are, you know, in mass sort of um, voicing their concerns over a issue of police brutality. Um, Donald, Donald Trump is going to order his agents to fire tear gas on the people so he can have a nice big buffer of space. He could certainly just walk to the, the, the church with the people there, but he'd prefer to have a nice big buffer. Um, of space because he doesn't really want to mingle with these people he doesn't want to get to know them and he certainly doesn't want to reach out to them he wants to initiate violence so he has his agents fire tear gas at them and rubber bullets and whatnot so that they'll disperse give him a wide area so he can leisurely walk down to the church and hold the bible upside down uh, and have someone take a picture um, yeah and, and that was a kind of a day in the life of Donald Trump, a, a day in the presidency. That was just one of many. You know, and then there's Black Lives Matter protests happening across the country, and Trump sends in sort of, a, you know, a secret police. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's called when you got these sort of agents all in all black with their face covered, and they have no markings to indicate what department they're from. No badge, no nothing. And they just start hauling people off the streets without arresting them or anything. Yeah, that's called the secret police. And so Trump ordered that as well. 71 million voted for that. Y yeah, you're, you're voicing your opinion with your friends and colleagues and whatnot in a park. Let's say you even have a permit to do it. Trump does not want that. If, if you're saying things that are he feels are negative to him, 
yeah, some agents in all black are going to come swoop in and kind of haul you in for, for disturbing the peace or, or whatever, whatever sort of made up thing they can come up with. 71 million voted for that. Amazing. You know? So what what is the future of this place? You know? What is it that the people that voted for fascism want? Uh, do they not understand that's what they voted for? And do they not understand they kind of... They, they lose rights when, when you kind of support something like that. Of course, the other issue is that, you know, there's still only two, just the two options. So as a sort of, you know, need to reject fascism, there was a sort of, you know, necessary duty to vote for a uh, corporate Democrat, moderate Democrat by the name of Joe Biden. Not a socialist by any sense of the imagination, certainly not a liberal. Um, no. That's the problem when uh, people are watching Fox News too much. Anything left of Fox News becomes like liberal to them because they genuinely think that Fox News is in the middle with, with some of their commentaries maybe being further to the right. But that, no. They're already way to the right with a few commentators that are a little closer to moderate some of the actual newscasters, but the, those are few and far between now. And then some of the pundits that are way off in fairy tale land. You know, they're they're just kind of just making shit up to the point where they they don't even refer to themselves as journalists because that, that's just not what they are. They're just people that are they're storytellers. You know, they're they're just telling stories for the purpose of you know getting people riled up. And excited for the Republican Party and strong negative feelings towards the Democratic Party. And that's it. Facts and all that data don't really matter as much uh, with a lot of the pundits, you know, on, on those further right stations. Um, you know, it's more this feeling and, and sort of what, what sort of phrasing and stuff can use that's really going to get people like fired up and, and pissed off and stuff. You know, again, data, facts, reality—those are insignificant things when when telling the story. It's almost about trying to elicit a certain response. Is the main objective. And there's a lot of people getting their news from sources like that, where the, you know the things they're hearing, they're thinking it's news, but it, it's not news. Some of it, it some of it's just a story. It's just made up. It's fiction. It's just, there, there's no news aspect to it, but it's pretending to be, which somehow makes it like more entertaining or something, you know, which is why they keep doing it. People keep tuning into Fox News to hear this latest story, you know, that's pretending to be news. You know, Tucker Carlson and uh, Hannity and Laura Ingram and all that, you know, they got stories to tell, you know. They're not journalists, they're storytellers. You know, they're telling story and trying to get you real riled up. They even can kind of get me riled up because they're, they're saying shit that's so blatantly stupid and sometimes pretty blatantly racist and sexist and just kind of elitist asshole 
dickishness that uh you know it it does it gets me riled up in that way which i think they also want they want to be that sort of uh love them or hate them person you know that's what they're going for that's that's the entertaining part of what they're doing they're trying to entertain they are storytellers they're trying to get there's you know the people that watch fox news on a regular basis and are getting news from fox news to get really excited and enthusiastic in their support of the Republican Party and really angry and mad and uh, it, like a venom towards the Democratic Party through storytelling uh, you know maybe flutter in some you know little bits of information from actual real stories and and kind of but just twist them all around and add lots of layers of just BS, you know, made up fiction to kind of really get people to really elicit that kind of response you're going for of anger. And, um, yeah. So it is unfortunate. There is so many people that voted for those kind of ideas. You know, they voted for dishonesty. They voted for hatred and division, fascism. They voted against democracy. They voted for the candidate that wants to throw out votes, that is challenging the results of the election. Are they still happy with their votes, seeing how he's behaved after he lost? What, what honor is in that? You know, they, they voted for dishonor. They voted for a rejecting of logic. You know, they voted for all that. Why? What, what do they get? What is your reward for voting for Trump? The system crumbles a bit more. Uh, there's more stress on the system. Uh, the vote wasn't really that close, but it was close enough in Trump's mind to sort of challenge it and prolong this thing to make it more convoluted and stressed and anxious. To make us more exposed during the transition, which we always are um, as a country, as a government, to foreign powers that do want to you know ex if we have a weakness they want to expose it and it, it is during these times that we are our most at our most exposed you know or most vulnerable is when we've elected a new president that hasn't been sworn in yet and you know we have one that's in a lame duck you know you lame lamed up senate and all that sort of thing we're extra exposed now and it seems like um, you know the people the 71 million who voted the guy they voted for is very much keen to making this transition more stressful and anxious and making the country more vulnerable than even normal times you know it, it's like it seems like that's a, a goal of his you know uh, he, he feels if he can prolong this in just a way, raise enough funds uh, in campaign funds to cover his legal costs. And then maybe even bank some of those campaign funds to cover his legal costs, uh, legal fees moving forward. Um, because again, Donald Trump is uh, suspected of insurance fraud and tax fraud going on for many years, both as an individual and as a executive at a corporation or at a company. So those cases are still pending. He just hasn't can't be charged because he's currently the president. Um, you know, 
Future's still very uncertain because the corona's going still. Senate has gone on vacation. Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, who got reelected by Kentucky. God bless you, Kentucky, but good God, man. All you had to do was not vote for McConnell. They could have had a Marine fighter pilot representing their state in the at the Senate. Instead, they went with Mitch McConnell for term number of God knows what. Dude's been a senator from Kentucky since I was elementary school. So he's still a Senate Majority Leader. So his main job as a Senate Majority Leader is to not bring any bills to the Senate that get passed in the House. No matter how much overwhelming support there is, and the House is the kind of the people's house. So that's why um, Mitch McConnell's main job is to just block those bills from being voted on on the Senate floor. Uh, unless it's a bill that is for tax cuts for the wealthy. Um, but they're not going to get that now because the, the House is controlled by the Democrats right now. So they're not going to get a tax cut for the wealthy. But they did back in the early 2017 and they were very excited about it. They had a big party in front of the White House lawn to celebrate the fact that wealthy people got more money and corporations too. Some of those corporations shortly after started laying people off um, because they had, you know, they had some extra money to kind of make some adjustments in productivity and whatnot. So one of the, they let go of some of their expenses. Um, yay, you know. Um, but I'm sure that company's share price went up. So yay, Dow Jones Industrial Average. Some of those thousands of people might have had the fear of homelessness looming for a while, figuring out what they were going to do uh, with an unexpected loss in employment, which is always very stressful. Um, but that company's share price went up. So yay, you, you know. Um, yeah, 71 million people voted for that kind of stuff too. They voted for that. They're, they're like, yes, let's make corporations more powerful than they already are um, so that we can be subjects of corporations, basically, so that corporations can dictate to us just about every way that we live. 71 million voted for that. Yay, you know. Um, you know, let's not have unique small businesses, you know. Let's not have a good distribution of income in this country. Let, let's not have any safety net at all. Let's fight the idea of universal health care. Let's fight the idea of public education as a right. Let's let's go against all that. Let's just have a so-called, you know, survival of the fittest, in, you know, where it's just kill or be killed type thing, you know. But let's do that. Let's to be a country that is kind of a divide and conquer type place where we outcast anyone who's just different or other. Um, 71 million voted for that, you know. Now of the 71 million, how, what percentage are going to say that that's not why they voted or that they didn't vote for those things or they'll have some sort of mental gymnastics to sort of justify why they voted for fascism, for hatred, for incompetence, for abuse of power, you know, for tax cuts for the wealthy, for cutting health care as a right. Why did they vote for that? You know, um, yeah, th there'll be a whole lot of mental gymnastics and there'll probably be a fair amount of changing the subject and kind of blaming things on Democrats or something. You know, you know what did you vote for? <laughs> you voted for 
tax cuts for the wealthy. You voted for preventing health care as being a right. You voted for that. You voted for corruption. You voted for allowing presidents to abuse their power for their own personal gain. You voted for that. You voted for child abuse as a policy. You voted for that. 71 million people voted for those things in this country. To say that it's a little deflating makes me less um, proud to be an American, I would say is an understatement. I am proud, though, that we had the greatest turnout ever in the history of a presidential election. And thankfully, although Trump did amazingly well with 71 million votes, he still lost by a landslide. Because the most votes in history was in the same election, where Trump got the second most in history. So thankfully, fascism was warded off, but it, it, it made a pretty clear emphatic statement. 71 million people, whatever their justification is for voting for fascism, whatever their sort of rationale, pretending that they're not voting for that or what, you know, 71 million people voted for fascism. Okay. And that, that, that's kind of scary. What is that? What can we attribute that to? There's plenty of smart people that voted Donald Trump. So, you know, why did they do it? Did they feel like if you vote for it and you're at the right level of socioeconomic thing, then maybe you can benefit personally? Like, if you're wealthy enough, you can, you can probably get some kind of benefit from a wealthy tax cut. Um, or maybe if you're in the right group that uh, the, the ruling fascist government has favor towards, then maybe you'll get some sort of individual gain. Obviously and clearly, though, there's going to be huge groups of people that get left behind. Not just left behind, but sort of pushed behind, sort of suppressed, cast out. And um, that's sort of the nature of fascism. It's very oppressive and divisive intentionally. It's a divide-and-conquer approach. You know, the conquering is done by the ruling class. It becomes very much a aristocracy, where it's really just the wealthy that are sort of ruling the government, and power is just sort of handed down to heirs. 71 million voted for that. I mean, you know, some of the people that are working in the White House are Trump's family. They voted for that, too, you know. The very thing that we were sort of our ancestors were declaring their independence from that that system of government where you're born into power we, that that's one <laughs> that's one of the reasons the revolutionary war was fought because we did not want to have that sort of government here but 71 million do but again how many of them understand that's what they're voting for I, you know i don't know i think a huge portion are just like anti democratic party because they watch too much Fox News. They, they genuinely thought that Joe Biden was a socialist. It's like, no, he's a corporate Democrat. For progressive, it's like, it's kind of he's kind of less than inspiring. Obviously, he's a better human being than Donald Trump. But, you know, obviously. There's, it's not really a contest. Um, Trump is just, Trump is Trump. You know, he, he is what he is. I mean, is it 71 million people just not giving a shit? Is it 71 million people wanting the country to implode on itself? Is it 71 million people lying to themselves about what their true convictions are? 
uh, is it 71 million people just not paying attention at all? Uh, I, I, is it mixed of various of those? I mean, what's going on there? How, how does someone see the Trump life, you know, from the 70s through the present and say, yes, that's the person I want to be like? And what's the appeal? Is it purely just because he has lots of stuff? Is that really all it is? That's all you need. Yeah. So I'm, you know, a little distressed about the future of this country. That's why I'm still kind of holding strong to the hope for progressive things because progressive ideas, initiatives, when initiated, provide benefit, benefits to working class people. Real, live, tangible benefits. Healthcare as a right means when you need healthcare, you go and get it. Do you pull out your wallet to get your credit card? No. No, 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 no. Healthcare as a right means healthcare as a right. That's a benefit. If your immediate response is taxes, doctor, nope. <laughs> Hold on there. You're already paying taxes anyway. You're not going to pay zero taxes. Why? We don't need to worry about raising the tax rate on the middle class. Are you going to probably stop paying 200 bucks a month for a health insurance company if you get health care as a right? Well, most likely you're going to make that choice. Do you have to make that choice? No, of course not. Why would the government tell you that you can't have health insurance? What you want to do with your money is your choice. Okay, so if healthcare is a right, meaning when you get sick, you get injured, whatever, you go to the doctor that's nearby the hospital and you get healed and then you go on your way. What would health insurance be? Uh, well, it would probably be some sort of value add. Most likely with a universal healthcare system, it probably wouldn't cover everything. What specific things it wouldn't, I don't know. But... Maybe for long-term stays at a hospital, it would cover some of the more fancy food or something, or the type of accommodations you get while you're in said hospital, or what have you. That's probably more what health insurance would morph into in the future if healthcare was a right. So health insurance companies would probably still exist, but they would have to adapt because their product would no longer be needed in these sort of primal sense of the word healthcare would be a right when people get sick they would go to the doctor they would go to the hospital and get healed by the people who do that and yes public funds would be used to make sure that the hospitals are well funded meaning you know well staffed well trained and all that sort of thing there's millions of people that work in the healthcare field and they love what they do and they deserve to get paid well to do it. They're not looking to be paid millions a year necessarily, but you know, if you're a heart surgeon, probably going to make a, a few hundred thousand a year. That's very good, decent money, you know. And yeah, all, all that's still the same. Um, the main thing is just sort of eliminating the massive amounts of money that goes to for-profit companies who work as middlemen. You know, the current system is you pay money to a health insurance company every month, and then when you get sick, you pay more money. Yeah, and they just pay a portion of of your cost because they're using the money to, to fund an organization. The premiums you're paying them isn't just going purely to your health care costs. No, the CEO of that company that you're 
paying a premium to makes a lot of money you know you know the CEO of Kaiser Permanente or Blue Cross Blue Shield they do quite well yeah I mean it's a for-profit company so uh, health care is a right is a benefit to the working class people why we would need to raise the ta um, tax rate on the working class is unclear to me um, the main area of the economy where there is massive um, opportunity for better uh, just a, a more efficient tax strategy I guess is in the wealthy outliers you know and there's a lot of different little pockets and kind of closing the loopholes you know there's a lot of just massive waterfalls of money that's just sort of pouring into these tiny little groups of people and so just sort of spigoting it off a bit they'll still be wealthy of course you know raising the tax rate on an extremely affluent person doesn't make them become poor because it's a wealthy tax so it's only it's only a portion of the monies that's already way up there you know so a 70% marginal tax doesn't mean 70% of your total earnings no 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 if you had a 70% marginal tax on anything above 10 million it would mean the portion above 10 million earned in a year would be charged at 70% so the example I used before if you earn marginal rate 70% and the marginal amount is 10 if you earned 11 million your marginal tax would be 700,000 because it would be 70% of the 1 million that you earned above 10 million. So not not over 7 million in tax on the marginal, no, just 700,000. If you earn 10 million and $1, your marginal tax would be 70 cents. So, you know, these those taxes do not make wealthy people poor. Yeah, they, they still have millions left over. And... You know, if you're earning in the 40-something million, you're, you're still talking a net amount in that above, you know, that would be 30 million. Um, yeah, it'd be like 12 million that you'd still have over the, over the 10 million. So, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> what is your net income? I mean, the, the net income of people that are going to be paying a marginal tax is still substantially more than regular people it, it's stupendous amounts of money money that if you're a regular you earn that much money in one year you can retire now done and live very comfortably for the rest of your life and for those wealthy people that's just one year of many years of earnings at that level in most cases you know a lot of people that are earning 10 20 million a year they're earning that kind of money for a few years you know sometimes the better part of a decade if not more and once you get to that level and once you have a certain level of net worth well then you're you're earning you know millions of year just off of interest doing absolutely nothing and you, you, it's almost impossible to you know spend it all away because it's just pulling in faster than you can possibly spend it out so um investing in those progressive problems or progressive <laughs> progressive programs um, and solving those kinds of issues uh, does not necessarily mean raising the tax rate on the working class. So free education, universal health care is the right investment in the infrastructure. Um, one of the main easiest sources of, you know, proper 
raising of funds to cover said programs is through just basic proper taxing of big massive corporations and the wealthy both wealth tax marginal tax and estate tax and then closing loopholes on corporations and then freedom dividends stuff like that i think should be something tied to total commerce so i think something like where every transaction you have an amount a percentage that's micro like two hundredths of a percent on every single transaction or whatever over time it adds up and then that just gets divvied up and used to cover you know a dividend that's declared every uh, quarter or year or whatever easy peasy so with those though it's more it's, it's a better safety net it's a better foundation people have more freedom you can go to the healthcare when you need it's not depending on how much money you make you don't you're not bound to your job just so that you have the right to go to the hospital it's a right um, you can go to edu earn more schooling if you want doesn't matter how much money you have you don't and you don't have to be in debt for the rest of your life to get a degree you know and the schools that you send your kids to is a good school it doesn't have ceiling tiles falling down in the gym with a trash can in the middle of the gym to catch the ceiling tiles falling you know you don't have that you know state-of-the-art technology and all that sort of thing and they're investments progressive programs are investments that do yield a return maybe not right away but certainly over time you have a smarter healthier more educated more skilled workforce that means improved efficiency in the economy so hopefully we can get there someday so on that note stay safe out there god bless this is gary thinking out loud